Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome, diligent scholars of advanced footballology, to another edition of the Star Seminar, your team-taught class in all things Cowboys football. I think a scholar can only be good as the object of study is both good and interesting, and we have the most good and the most interesting object of study. And here to bring it to you, to revel in the glory that is the Dallas Cowboys, is Dr. Danny Phantom. I am Dr. Rabble Rouser. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hey. Cowboys are awesome. They win 45-10. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, I've got a good night's sleep. Of course, you know, you, it's easy to sleep well when you have a, a full belly and, and a, a nice uh, blowout you know, Thanksgiving win from the Cowboys. So I'm in good spirits. Uh, really happy about uh, what we saw yesterday. I mean, you know, but Thanksgiving is just kind of like the, the feast is kind of just a whole weekend of plans so there's still lots of good eats that mm-hmm. that are in front of me i'm very thankful for both my wife and my mom they're just fantastic cooks i mean the our, our spread of food is just uh, you know it's just wonderful so i got a, a great weekend ahead of some more uh, good eating um ahead of me but uh we have a, a nice a little uh, ahead of us a nice little uh talk about this uh cowboys game um but uh, how, how how was your thanksgiving you know my friend, I was it, it was great. It was great. I um, I think we may have talked about this before, but on Thanksgiving I do most of the cooking. My wife doesn't usually does an appetizer. She'll make a cocktail, signature cocktail of some kind. I do most of the cooking. She sets the table. She set an incredible, beautiful table, and I cooked uh, all day wearing this apron, which gave oh, if you can see. I can yes. It's like a kind of embossed Dallas Cowboys apron, so it was a perfect uh, confluence of. Uh, Food and football. Um, yeah, so it was great. The meal turned out great. Uh, timing was awesome. We had a chance to FaceTime with some family members. So it was it was, uh, it was, it was just fantastic. It was fantastic. Um, speaking of fantastic, I think we need to jump right into this because there's a lot to, to talk about here. Yes. And let me just sort of start by asking you, is this the best stretch the Cowboys have been on in – well, maybe it's in ever or in how long? Like, when's can you remember another stretch like this? You know, it's hard for me to. I I, I want to say, right before the Dak calf injury against the Patriots, I mm-hmm. feel mm-hmm. I remember feeling really good about this team. They were they were taking care of business. Uh, I, I think they might. I don't know. They didn't. Maybe only had one win, one loss at that time. I'm not. I can't remember. But, um, I mean, they were just destroying teams and get, get yeah. I up. think they had the opening the opening uh, day loss to the Buccaneers, and that was it. Yeah, and then they just went on a roll, and everything mm-hmm. was clicking, and just uh, they were having. They had a obviously you know that big road win in, in New England that was huge, um, because they had to fight through some things to to finish that game. And of course they had never beaten Belichick before until then. Uh, so, I mean, that was just a big game, but, but I think that stretch too is where they were just, um, I don't know, set like the second half team. It was just like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it may seem like it's close, but then the, ultimately the Cowboys just turned it on and it just, it felt really good. So I feel like that stretch was pretty fantastic. Um, but certainly this one is too. And, uh, I mean, this this team's winning games, Rabs. I mean, how, it's hard not to feel anything short of excited, you know, when this team's able to, to do this uh, so much. And listen, they're not just winning games. They're blowing people yes. out. 
Um, so we'll we'll get to this in a, in a second, but um, let me ask you this: Do you feel like any of the last three quarterbacks they played against played poorly? So we're talking about Tommy DeVito. We're talking about um, Sam Howell and uh, and Bryce Young, right? So three young quarterbacks. But did any of the did you see any of them playing poorly? Uh, well, to be honest, Revs, I mean, I don't think I, I think Howell played well. I mean, how's how's a good, you know, he's established himself as a good quarterback. I mean, he's still growing and you can still see some things that he doesn't do right. But I mean, I think he obviously played better of the, of the other two guys. I, honest, I mean, DeVito and, and Bryce Young, they just really weren't any type of threat. Now, I don't know necessarily that they were trash or anything. And they, they gave their team a little bit of hope at, you know, early in the game, but there was never anything that they were doing that, that made me concerned at all. So, I mean, I don't know. I think... I, see, I, I agree, but I, I guess my, my, my question here is really about like, they, none of the, they didn't seem rattled. They didn't seem to hurry things. I mean, they were, they were under a tremendous pressure, but I still feel like DeVito and even to some degree, Bryce Young, like did a nice job of reading, did a nice job of, uh, I mean, he was accurate. And I guess the thing about that is like, yeah, they had pick sixes and things like that happened, but that's that's just part of I think the way this defense works. I I think that they feasted on on these quarterbacks, and I think those quarterbacks actually played pretty well. It's I don't I don't think they took advantage of bad performances. I think they're just really really good, um, e- even even when they are you know uh, even when teams are driving on them. But like you know it was a little bit frustrating. I think we want I think we'll probably talk about this in just a second. It was a little frustrating there when the game was close and Howell was clicking. But it still, it felt like it was so much work, so many times that, that teams have to get to fourth down and et cetera, that it's it's just such heavy lifting against this defense for a team that isn't, you know, like top of the league explosive. It's it, I don't I don't know that I can remember a team where I felt like their defense and their offense were both so much more dominant than than the than the opposition, maybe ever. Really, honestly, I, it's it's pretty remarkable. Although at some point. Yesterday, maybe we, we might have felt differently. Yeah, and we haven't had a chance to talk about um, the Carolina game because we haven't mm-hmm. talked. But uh, I will say, like, I thought Carolina's defense, they they outcoached us, to be quite honest. I thought the mm-hmm. way that they schemed was pretty good, uh, and it made things a little bit difficult for the Cowboys' offense. Um, that was a little bit – I was kind of surprised because Carolina's not – very good. Um, but I do agree with everything else you're saying. And I will add one thing, too, about the quarterbacks not playing bad. I think that, and this goes for all quarterbacks, not just the uh, younger ones, you got to go into a, a game against the Cowboys defense with a plan to keep things simple and, and short. And you cannot really, you can never just let loose. Uh, and so, and I, and I think those teams did that well to kind of make things easier for them. They didn't try to overcomplicate things. And to some, in some degree, that's a detriment because you're playing a little bit scared and you're not. Mm-hmm. And you could, that was on display, you know, um, yesterday against uh, Washington too. Is when I mean they 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 should have went for it a couple of times in the, with on fourth down and but but they didn't and. Uh, so I, I just feel like you kind of have to go in, you have to kind of play this kind of cautious approach and that, that may um, limit your mistakes and make you not play bad, so to speak. But at the same time, you're not going to be winning football games against this Cowboys team that way as well. Yeah, I think that's right. You're not going to score 30 doing that. And the Cowboys offense is scoring 30 every game. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, Rabs. They weren't scoring very much in that third quarter. And uh, I, uh, I wanted to ask you um, – because of just the way this this game, you know, flowed, uh, how did you feel at the start of the fourth quarter? Um, I was, you know, I was a little bit, I was a little bit concerned, but not, I mean, I, the thing is, they still had a ten point lead, and I just felt like it was going to be really hard for for the uh, Commanders to score eleven points. I just thought, you know, I I thought it was going to be. I mean, it, it could happen, it could happen, but I just sort of felt like. 
you know, I, I was thinking a lot about the about the previous week when when Carolina scored to make it a seven seventeen ten, and the Cowboys just marched down effort, effortlessly and scored mm-hmm. and basically closed out the game. And I felt I felt like something similar could happen here if the if the, if the Commanders did manage to to mount. I was you know I was a little nervous because it was the fourth quarter, but um, the other thing about this team is they can score in bunches so quickly. Like I, I mean, it feels like you know against the Rams and then again in these last three weeks, it feels like. It's close, it's close, and then it, and it's over. Mm-hmm. And then they, and you know, uh, and the Rams game was over before halftime. And and they just, they just, you know, that they'll, they'll get a cheap defensive score. They'll they'll get a you know, a couple nice passes. The, the way that they're generating explosives in the passing game now, um, it's just incredible. The quick, the sort of quick strike, you know, that's possible from all three phases. And so, you know, you just kind of feel like that's going to happen against teams, especially against teams that aren't at the top of the league. Um, and so I always, I, I always have confidence that there's that there's that, that that kind of explosion is a play or two away. So I wasn't feeling terrible. Yeah, I, I I hear you, and I mean I never really felt nervous, but I felt like we weren't seeing them play all that great. I mean, um, defensively they just struggled to get off the field. I mean Washington was constantly putting together drives and getting first downs and and chewing up the clock and and. This is the thing that scares me too. Is when you're when you are the better team, clearly the better team, when a team is able to shorten the game, and that's what exactly mm-hmm. what they were, um, what Washington was doing. They by you know, they dominated the time of possession in this one, and the fact that the defense couldn't get off the field on third downs, of you know, even though they only held, they only had ten points at, at, at that point, it just was kind of it bothered me because it's like they're just not getting the get, getting the offense enough opportunities to get this lead and get out of here so Dak can wear his fourth quarter hat. And, of course, I mean, the Cowboys' capital offense looked really good in the first half. They scored three touchdowns on, I think, four chances. That's that's always great. Mm-hmm. But then they start the third quarter with, like, their first couple of possessions, nada. It's like, well, you know what, this is why this, they're just hanging around. And so it just kind of felt very underwhelming um, at the start of the fourth quarter. But then, of course, everything just, you know, just un- unraveled for Washington and the Cowboys just to, you know, basically just took care of business. And uh, boy, was that, it, that a fun quarter to watch. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the fact there's a couple of things here. One, the fact that we were nervous at all when it was 20 to 10 shows just how far we've come as fans, like 20 to 10, that's a, that's a, that's a sizable fourth quarter lead 20 to 10 historically is, is if you have that lead in the fourth quarter, that's the game. And um, if you have a 10 point lead and, uh, and so it's it's funny that we were a little bit nervous because that's closer than we're used to. Um, but I also will say that the commanders, I mean, I, I would say they checked almost everything in their game plan. All the things you just listed, right? Dominate time of possession, pass for 300 yards, had a 100-yard rusher. They they ran the ball pretty well. All those things happened, and it didn't matter because they just, they I mean, they played probably about as good a game as they could, and they got blown out. And I think that, you know, eventually, obviously, it just kind of escalated, but that's how good this team is. That's how good this team is. And speaking of good, the guy who's leading this team is playing out of his mind. I'd like to hear from you. What do you think about how Dak's uh, 2023 has gone so far? And is this the best season of his career? It's, you know, it's crazy to uh, to think about, you know, having this conversation right now because I feel like halfway through this season we were kind of like, Having, we are wondering, like, you know what, is there a chance that maybe Prescott might not be the guy? And, of course, a lot of that was just, it's not all him. It was like the, the play calling was was just, there was nothing going on in the offense. I mean, Brandon Cooks was completely MIA. It was just a lot of stuff happening offensively that, you know, we weren't happy about. And um, so, and, and it almost felt like uh, they were kind of, you know, reeling him into where like they were scared he's going to throw picks, like he's a rookie quarterback or something. It was it was extremely frustrating because it's like we know what kind of player he is, and it's like what did he suddenly change into somebody else? And and now we can clearly see that hey, Dak's still Dak. He's that he's still that guy, and and not only is he still that guy, but he's I do think he's just playing the best football that he's played. I mean, you, if you look at that game too, and you know as if. The, the win we had isn't big enough. The Cowboys really 
they could there was there was points that they left there was meat left on the bone because there was a mm-hmm. couple deep deep shots that Prescott you know had maybe you know overthrew CD here or there was one that kind of looked like it was a pass interference that could have been a big play that CD couldn't haul in with one hand this time around um, but Prescott if you look at if you start to dissect his throws man that guy I mean he's just he is not only is he hitting things but he's hitting the, the intermediate and deep stuff. And this is just, this is just great football. And also too, another thing is a lot of this is stuff that he does himself. It's like when the pocket breaks down and he'll start to roll, he'll, he'll start to go. And, you know, he'll, I mean, I just feel like he's just really dialed in and like knowing when, when to break and when not to. And uh, I, I think so, Rabs. I, I mean, I don't know statistically where, how he fits compared to some of his better seasons, but I really think that he, I mean, he looks fantastic to me. He's in his bag as they, as the young ones say. Yeah. yeah I think, I think, uh, uh, you know, since, since the buy, obviously the, the thing that's changed the most on, uh, for the whole team, frankly, is the fact that they are generating explosives in the passing game. We know how strongly correlated to winning that is and to scoring. And, um, but I think the other things you're talking about, are are really interesting and important and especially the fact that they've all he seems also to have started using his legs judiciously but he really i think they just sort of realize hey you know this is really hard to defend against if we do this if we use if we do it judiciously um it can be an added an added dimension so like they're throwing deep which is you know get, getting defenders back that means a lot of times if, if he breaks the pocket that there's there's room and he's just doing such a great job with decision making uh, he's going for big plays. Sometimes he's, you know, sometimes he's thrown into, in, into crowds, and, and but for the most part, he's just, um, you know, just really making good decisions. I actually thought earlier in the game yesterday he was, he was off. He wasn't as accurate as he has been, but he kind of settled down. And then obviously, you know, toward toward the end, a couple a couple of long passes, really, really on on the money. Um, but I also think that it, part of it is, you know, you're talking about play calling, but I think part of that has to do with the fact that other pieces around him have gotten better and the offensive staff is, is in a, is feeling more confident about, you know, dialing up those bigger, those bigger, uh, slower developing, like longer pass plays as we've talked about, you know, in, in recent pods. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I have a question for you that ties into exactly that is, um, based on things that it's going on in the last few, last couple of weeks, starting to see some, Nice improvement up front in the trenches yeah. for the Cowboys' uh, offensive line. So, Rabs, is this offensive line starting to get it together? Hundred percent. That, that I think that's the difference in everything. Like the defense is playing fairly consistently. They've always they they, they are who they are. They've been the, the same defense pretty much all year. The real difference is is the the offensive explosives. And I think that all has to do with the fact that the offensive line is finally healthy and playing together and gelling. And, you know, uh, the one sort of exception was Terrence Steele really had a hard time against uh, Philadelphia. But since then, I mean, people were talking about benching him and all kinds of things since then. I mean, he's been much, much better. I haven't seen I haven't seen him get beat at, at all that I can think of. And obviously he's playing lesser, lesser teams, but he's still gone up against some good pass rushers. And, um, you know, I think he had you know multiple reps against Brian Burns against Carolina. Uh, you know, this, this, it's not like these teams have nobody, mm-hmm. and um, and he and he seems to have really settled down. And I listen, the Tyron Smith is having a career renaissance now. It all makes sense why they wanted to stick with him yeah. because I think that they saw they saw how close he was to being, you know, circa 2016 or 17 Tyron, and they thought if they can get him there, that this offensive line can be a special unit. And I think we're seeing that. And Smith and Smith on the, the law firm of Smith and Smith. Oh man. They, they, they are uh, <laughs> suing for damages and, uh, and getting them, you know, they're, they're really, really dominant. And I think that Zach Martin's been a little beat up, but I, you know, if, if he can get a little bit healthier and, and Terrence Steele can like sort of just, I, I think a lot of it, he just needs to get his hands and his feet back in sync. Um, they're going to be, you know, God willing with, with health, you know, the, the football God's willing. Um, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how they do against the better teams. I'll put it that way. Yeah. I'm really interested. I'm really interested to see if they hold, how well they hold up because in the, in the 
three losses that the Cowboys have had, all three of those, I think, they're multifactorial, but I think all three of them, you can pin it on the offensive line. Yeah. Whether the whether the coaches didn't feel like the offensive line could hold up, or whether the offensive line just didn't hold up. But like the in all those games, the running game struggled. They really struggled to to protect Dak long enough for those those slower developing plays. All the things we've talked about. And so I'm wondering if is it just that they're able to beat up bad teams? This is the key, right? This is the key to the, the whole Cowboys. Can they can that offensive line hold up against the better teams? Because if they do, the Cowboys are going to do the same thing to to good teams that they're doing to these bad teams. They're gonna they're gonna beat them by twenty points plus. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I, to me, it's it's weird because I just felt like oh, it doesn't seem that long ago where we were kind of like just completely scared about what this yeah, this dude yeah. is. And and yeah, I totally agree. Tyron Smith is just it's he's he's his old self. And I would have never never thought that we would get to that point. You know, they've been managing his health. He's sat out some games, and we're kind of like wondering what's going on. And of course, um, as, as you mentioned, you know T- Tyler Smith is just—he gets that second level. He's so fun to watch. I absolutely love—I I love him and, and, and Tyler Biotish working together. They double team, and then mm-hmm. and then and then, and then uh, Smith will climb. And then I mean, there's there's some holes on the left side. It's it's remnants of Terrence and Zach from a year ago when they were just completely crushing teams on the right side. The Cowboys mm-hmm. have that on the left side, and you, you know you see some holes developing. And yeah, I definitely feel a lot better about this offensive line. I think I think we should, and I think that as you know, we talked about this a month or two, or two ago. That this team is going to go as far as the offensive line can take them, because everywhere else they're deep and good, and um, and in so, some places really, really good. And um, but the offensive line was a question, and if it solidifies, they're going to be they're going to be scary like this the rest of the year. But not only is the Cowboys' offensive line uh, dominating, their defensive line is dominating as well. Um, so, you know, we have yet another game where maybe not as many sacks, but um, a lot of pressure. And you could you could see, as we said earlier in the conversation, that uh, Eric Bieniemy and the offensive brain trust for Washington were definitely trying to game plan to um, get out of those those sort of obvious passing situations mm-hmm. and to, to try to uh, move the ball without exposing their quarterback to that pass rush um, didn't work so well. Uh, so I, I'd love to hear you know your thoughts on some of the defensive lines. Who are your, who are your, some of your favorite performances from the front seven even over the course of uh, Sunday's affair? Yeah, I mean obviously this Cowboys defensive line is just you know it's, it's an embarrassment of riches because they're just incredibly deep. I mean, it's, you can just go down the list and just how many players are just showing up, you know, and just mm-hmm. feeling like they're just underrated guys too. And I think like one of the guys that stood out to me um, yesterday was uh, Osa Odigizua. I think that he's kind of, you know, he started off really strong. You're like thinking, okay, this he's going to, I, I could see him having a pro bowl season and then he's kind of quiet down a little bit, but Yesterday he was living in the backfield. He was constantly, you know, getting through the interior offensive line, and I think he had a great game. Uh, so did his uh, one tech partner in crime, uh, Mr. Jonathan Hankins. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, did he have two sacks in this one? I think, I, he, I might think have. he might. Have. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy, and it just tells you what, what's so mm-hmm. what's so great about this Cowboys is that they they obviously all eyes are on on blocking Micah, but. Uh, you know, when he's coming around the edge and stuff, the quarterbacks are hitting that escape hatch, and that is typically, you know, breaking, you know, going down the center. But the Cowboys are having guys there, whether it's Tank or Osa or, or in this case, Hankins, that they're right there, and you're not getting through that wall. Um, I thought he was fantastic. And another guy I wanted to give credit to, which, you know, he I think he had a sack, but he also had other plays towards like he – he was just making a difference. Oh, that that running, that running. I think I know who you're going to talk about, and that that running play where like he met the running back and oh, then the yeah. quarterback at the handoff. That was yeah, that was his that sack. Was yeah, play. I thought is it possible to get a tackle for a loss and a sack on the same play? Because I, I mean, I think pick your you should pick your poison. But we're talking about uh, Dante mm-hmm. Fowler, and uh, and there was a couple other times too where he just beat the guy around the edge, and he was right there, and uh, he, he thought he was going to bring Hal down, but you know Hal got. Got away or got rid of the ball just in time, but 
Fowler was just, you know, he was, he was fantastic um, yesterday. So, I mean, those guys that, you know, it's, it, we don't hear about them all the time because, uh, you know, we had, there's other guys that we hear about more, but I just think that they, they had a really good game uh, yesterday. I agree, and I think there's another guy who's coming on a little bit. He's not, you know, he didn't have quite the same kind of game, but he made it. I think I saw him on a couple losses, and maybe even maybe even got like half a sack, and that's Mozzie Smith. He seems like he's fun. He's starting to put it together, and um, you know, he's beginning to sort of get his natural gifts in alignment. And which is, you know, I think one of the things that this coaching staff does a really great job of is understanding that the season's a long, long stretch, and you need to be at your best at the end of the season. And it seems like some of the young, some of the young guys. You know, like Schoonmaker and Mozzie Smith, who halfway through the season, we were like, oh, my goodness, are these guys even going to contribute? We're starting to see them make plays. And so that that's really nice to see. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the great thing about about the, the Cowboys defensive line is it's one of those guys is like, you know what, this is my week. You know, and then it could be Doran Armstrong next week, or it could, you know, it could be obviously every week it's Micah to some degree, but uh, you know, then then maybe it'll be Sam Williams, and then right. you know, yeah. like like and like Hankins is a fairly high variance guy. He takes a week or two off, and then suddenly he'll have a big game like he did, yep. like he did yesterday. But it's okay because we're not relying on him to be dominant every every week because there's other guys. And I think you know, when guys like Hankins and Fowler, who are vet- veterans, the fact that they can sort of conserve their snaps so they can, you know. Uh, later in the season, they're still going to have some juice in their legs. I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's going to really make a big difference. I think in the stretch run, absolutely, um, yeah. And those guys do got juice. I mean, tell you, they bring it every week. They have juice. And um, I will say, 100%. I will say this with Mozzie, it's because you know, you if you watch the tape, you kind of like to think about, hmm, you know, he's certainly the the weakest of the defensive line, and that even I, I would even go as far as saying behind Neville Gallimore because Gallimore has been playing. Yeah, pretty, pretty solid. And uh, but I will say this about Mozzie is you know he is repeatedly slow off off the snap, and that's something that's we knew about him. You know when the Cowboys drafted him, and that's not hasn't changed much. But if you take a close look, you see him oftentimes he'll be absorbing two blockers. And I tell you what, if you got Mozzie Smith block, you know taking on two blockers, what does that mean for the other guys? So, I mean, you know that he, that he's doing work that has value to this um, defensive line. So while he's not statistically and, and splashy, you know, stuff, he's he's mm-hmm. still in there uh, doing good, good stuff in the trenches. And uh, it's just making things a lot easier for the linebackers to, you know, clean things up. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun. But it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Speaking of linebackers, Rabs, I, I needed to ask you this because I don't know how you felt when this happened, but um, you know, you know Marky Spell went down in you know in the first half, um, and everything he, he's fine. He came back in and, and and you know he's he's okay. But when I saw him down, I got a little bit worried um, because Cowboys linebacker depth 
well, they just they're just don't have any. So I wanted to get your thoughts on a. What did you think about that when you saw, you know, him go down? And the second part of this is I wanted to ask you about what you think the Cowboys' chances are of, of maybe um, reacting to this little scare and maybe going after a former All Pro linebacker, Shaq Leonard. So a couple things. Uh, I wasn't. I was scared also, but I tell you what, I wasn't scared because of their depth. I was scared because he's playing at a pro ball level. Mm. I mean, the, the, there's a bunch of of people who have been revelations this year. But like you know, Marquise Bell stepping up when when um, when uh, Overshone went down and playing at I, I, I'm not kidding at a pro bowl level. Uh, and adding so much speed to the linebacker core. I mean, we were always like, oh, you know, is it, was it uh, uh, Cox? What was it? Uh, you know, the kid from LS. Jabril Cox, thank you. Yeah. I think we were all like, we, you know, we wanted that sort of fast, undersized linebacker. Yep. Same number, by the way. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all like indignant when the Cowboys got got rid of him. We were like, well, I don't understand what they're doing. Well, now I think we kind of understand. They, they, they knew they had a guy who was significantly better waiting in the wings. Let me ask you a quick question about this because I do. I know we need to move on to other topics, but I want to ask you a quick question. Do you think the linebacker unit is actually better since Leighton Van Der Esch went out? I, no, no, I don't think they're better. I, I feel like they're the same. I, I, which I think that is kind of a little bit of a non-intentional slight at Leighton because um, they're not missing him. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like the Cowboys linebacker group. I like. I like Damone Clark and I like Marquise Bell and I they I think they're they're playing well. Um, I don't think they're playing great. I don't like I don't feel like those guys are just like making splash plays and just in the backfield and and doing all these great things. I just feel like they're just doing their jobs, you know, very solid. They're not missing tackles. They're they're staying with their assignments. I just feel like they're. It's hard to describe. I mean, I'm not exci- excited about him, but I'm I'm also not worried about. It. I feel very comfortable with those guys back there. The only thing I'm not comfortable with is that we just don't have any any depth behind those guys. Because I I was a big Devin Harper guy, you know. I felt like the Cowboys had some options, you know, some a little bit of depth. They don't need a lot of linebackers because they only play with two. They don't need a great amount of depth, but I just don't think they have. If the, if something happens to like Bell were to get hurt. And they have have to rely on, you know, Rashawn Evans to come in. I feel like then, then you could start to see the Cowboys having issues. And of course, the one bugaboo mm-hmm. about this Cowboys team is sometimes they teams will start to get that run game going, and the Cowboys are just at their mercy and they can't stop anyone. And I don't, to me, I, I just feel a little bit concerned about the, the the state of the linebackers situation because of the depth. I'm not really that concerned about the, the the linebacker depth. I think they have other guys who can, if, if Bell goes down, who have a similar kind of athletic profile, like a Mukwamu or somebody like that. I think could probably do some fill a somewhat similar role, um, that, that kind of fast, undersized uh, will linebacker. I think the one guy I, I would be concerned about is Damone Clark because he's the, he's the last guy who's uh, you know who, who's got some size to him, but uh, and he's playing really, really, really well. So. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not that concerned about it. I guess I sort of feel like you know, um, a guy like Trevon Diggs goes down, and a guy like Deron Bland steps up, and I feel like that they did the same thing with Marquise Bell, and and they'll do the same thing if someone else goes down. They're just, they have a lot of depth, and they're really well coached. I did want to say one thing too about um, the linebacker situation is why I feel a little bit more uh, unnerved about it is I. Don't I have not been impressed with the play of both J. Ron Curse and Donovan Wilson, and I feel like those mm-hmm. guys are kind of hybrid linebackers, also, you know. So they, that gives you some inadvertent depth, you know, so to speak, at that position. Mm-hmm. And to me, mm-hmm. those guys, I don't feel great about how they've been performing, and so that that makes just it just adds some added worry to the linebacker spot. I got it. I got it. I mean, the the Cowboys need somebody to worry, and, and that's going to be a, you know, that's going to be you. My Is friend, it going? Hey, because you know what? It's, that's right. It, the Cowboys. Do you, do you think that there's a realistic chance that, that they sign uh, Shaq Leonard? Yeah, but maybe for I mean, in the same way they they signed Rashawn Evans, I don't think it's to be a starter and like that. It's probably just to provide depth. And they may sign him to the, the practice squad. Wow. 
I, I don't think I don't think that I mean, who's he going to beat out? He's not going to beat out either of the guys who are starting right now. You don't think so? Absolutely not. Absolutely no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Yeah. If he if he was in if if he was capable of doing listen both those I mean you got one guy you got one kid Bell who's playing I kid you not at a Pro Bowl level, and Damone Clark is playing at a at a very high level. Shaq Leonard if he was playing anywhere near that level would would not have been cut by the by a, a team that that could use a linebacker that's playing well. No, no, no. I think he, he's a he's a stash, and and maybe hmm. you know, in, in the hopes that he gets better, and that he can help him late this year, maybe next year or something. Um, but I was saying earlier that that there's a, there's a lot of depth, and and there's a lot of guys here. I think who are capable of stepping up when they're called on, and there's no better example of that than our <laughs> the the revelation of revelations. Oh, our friend Deron Bland. How did you feel when uh, when he got his was it fifth pick six of the year? I'll tell you how I felt, man. It's like I felt like the CD Lamb with the touchdown, the first one in the fourth quarter was kind of like okay, the mill's over. You know, let's rest rest mm-hmm. our rest our stomachs. And then we had that Turpin touchdown, and it's like you know what? That's pie. That's that's just dessert. That's just dessert. Mm-hmm. And then of course when Bland, you know, and of course that remarkable call by Jim Nance too. That was just I, I mean it just. I felt the goosebumps too. It's like, that's like second dessert, which is what you have in Thanksgiving is you, there's more, there's more treats. And uh, I, when he, when he took it to the house, I, I don't know. It was just so, it's, a, it's an incredible feeling. Uh, I, I really love Deron Bland, the person and the, and you know, the story. And he's just one of those right kind of guys. And uh, I, t- I had my apprehensions about him because, you know, with the whole nation, right. And now we have Eric Scott jr. The Cowboys have this type of, um, of corners and these other two guys. So well, I guess we can't really speak on Eric Scott because I don't even know what's happening with him. But I mean, you know how I feel about Nation. Um, you know, even though he is a former Beaver and stuff, it's just I feel like sometimes the Cowboys get a little bit over, fall in love with that type, and and, and they forget that like Bland doesn't have the, the 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 fluid hips to be able to be able to adjust, and those kind of things scare me. And and. I want to say this. So, I mean, I don't want to be opposing counsel for, you know, the Ron Bland fan club because he's having a great season. Um, he's a great player. I love Deron Bland. But up until that interception, I felt like there's a lot of plays. And you can see where, you know, he was making a lot of tackles because you know, he was he was getting beat. And, and, and quarterbacks know that. And that, people say, well, why do they keep challenging him? And the answer to that is not because they're stupid. Uh, the, the the answer to that is because he does allow separation. And I think this is something about him that we should try to take in uh, because I don't think he, he he's probably going to end up being an all pro because of statistically. But I think we, I do think that there are some things about his play that I don't think he's a shutdown corner. And I had, I know I had a little bit of a conversation with no C Walker, who's been, a, you know, uh, hyping uh, Duran Bland for quite some time and for good reason. And, and he's, um, I think Bland has played above our expectations for sure. But I do think there's some things about him that, that still hold true. And that is his, that he does fall behind and he, the, the receivers can, uh, people maybe forget that Green Bay collapse last year. Duran Bland, great rookie season, but you know, he, he can get beat in, um, I feel like he might be a little overrated because we are putting him so high right now, like defensive player of the year type of stuff. But I think when you look at a skill set, I think that he's, he's good. He's really good, but I don't think he's like better than sauce Gardner type. Good. That, that, that's just my feel. I, I, I want to be honest about how good these players are because I feel if we start to have put these too high expectations, we think he can like shut down, some of these star receivers, then I think we could be, you know, set ourselves up for disappointment. Yeah. So a couple things. First of all, I don't think anybody is in this league the way the league is set up is capable of being a shutdown corner. That doesn't exist. Sauce Gardner gets beat all the time, and CD Lamb beat him like a drum. It happens, right? Um, and so, I, I think by most metrics, aside from like his scintillating pick sixes and all the other big plays. According to most metrics, he's at or near the very top in current in terms of coverage, in terms of yards allowed per pass. I mean, all, all those all those other sort of cornerback metrics. And so I feel like 
Um, he is, in fact, having a defensive player of the year type uh, season. And I honestly, I think that, and I, I know what you're going to answer given what you just said, but I think it's a legitimate question. Is Trevon Diggs the second best corner on the Cowboys? And I think that it's you can make a strong argument that he is, that in fact, uh, Deron Bland is better in run support. He's a little bit more consistent in coverage. He does get beat, but every cornerback gets, gets beat. There's no such thing, as I said before, as a shutdown corner. And so um, I think, I think you know, um, I think Bland is every bit as good as, as Diggs, and I think he's, I think he may even be better. I um, so it's interesting because I I feel like Diggs in a way his uh, 2021 season was kind of like similar in the sense of like he had the 11 picks, but there's still things about the way he played that just needed to be cleaned up, and um, I feel like both of them are are good cornerbacks, I, but I don't think either mm-hmm. of them are like elite like top five type quarterbacks and I, I, I hate saying this because I love both those guys but I just don't think that they're they, there are so they still have some weaknesses to their game that that's kind of limits their their ceiling so to speak I do think Diggs is better than Bland I think that um I but I tell you what it's a lot closer now and um I I'm just glad that we have both of those players on the team and uh that we don't have to pick one or the other. And who would have thought that uh, with Diggs going down that the Cowboys could come out? I, I will say this. I didn't. I, I thought Bland was going to be a liability on the outside. I thought he was going to be a, like an Anthony Brown, to be quite honest, in the sense of and I, Brown's a good cornerback, but you know, he's just a better suited for the slot. He's got good speed, mm-hmm. but he don't got mm-hmm. good quickness. And I think that could get you in trouble. Uh, and I will say this, that he Bland is just killing it on the outside. And, of course – you know, a lot of this success he's having is because teams think that they got some space between them and he closes so fast and he's got great length. And then he reminds you that you did not have enough space. And the next thing you know, you know, he's, he's taking it to the house. So um, great player. I, I love Bland, love Diggs. I just, I would not put him into the upper you know, echelon of corners personally. I think I think I might put both of them up there. I think the Cowboys might have two top five corners. Well, you know what? I'm not. I'm I'm happy that that we have those guys. And um, but you know what, Rabs? Final question for you. I wanted to kind of just wrap this whole thing up. And okay. I know you're feeling really good about this team right now after this uh, little run that they've mm-hmm. been on. But I wanted to get your your sense of like. How does your overall feelings change about the Cowboys' chances this season after yesterday's game? Um, I tell you what, yesterday's game doesn't really change how I feel about the Cowboys' overall chances. I think that the game that changes that is that Philly uh, pulled out uh, a a win in Kansas City, even though they were pretty significantly outplayed by the Chiefs, I think. and they, you know, the, the Eagles have are having one of those seasons like the the Andrew Luck Colts had a few years ago, where they're just winning a lot of one score games. It's not it's not a sustainable model. It never has been, but they keep they keep winning. And right now, the Cowboys are are really behind the eight ball because they're running out of games. And and um, the Eagles are going to have to lose a couple games back to back now, I think, if the Cowboys are going to have a chance. If the Eagles manage to um, beat the Bills and the 49ers. Uh, if they beat both of them, it's, it, I think it's over. If they, they're going to need to lose, I think at least one, if not both of those. And I'm not sure I trust the Bills to beat them in Philadelphia. So, I think it's an, it's not unlike last year where the Cowboys are really good, but the Eagles were uh, were just they wouldn't lose. They weren't losing. And I I think that this this year's Eagles team is actually not playing nearly as well as last year's team but their record is very similar um i will say that the 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 eagles going on the road even in the playoffs to philadelphia doesn't doesn't scare me this year anywhere near like it would have last year i don't think this team's near anywhere near as good i think the cowboys are a lot better i I still think the san francisco is a bad matchup but this if this offensive line can hold up against their defensive line i i think that they can beat anybody so listen do I like their chances better after this, this stretch? Yes, because they're the best team in the NFL right now. 
Wow. I don't, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it in my mind. They are the best team in the NFL right now. Not with record, but record. The record is not an indication of quality. It's an indication of how lucky you are when you play the teams you played in the order you played them. Um, so, because they're the best team in the NFL right now, and I don't think there's actually much debate about that. I think, of course, I feel great about their chances. I think they can go on the road and win three games. But that's not the optimal route, right? Mm -hmm. What you really want is to get an easy home game against an inferior opponent. You want there to be an upset so that your next opponent is is either not as good or as hobbled or whatever, just like the Eagles had last year. Really, really the easiest possible route to the playoffs because they got the Giants upset the Vikings and then they got a, a crippled 49ers team who couldn't put up a fight. Um, and that's, that's what you want. But the, are the Cowboys good enough to win it the other way? You're damn right they are. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to argue with you. I mean, I certainly feel similar. Um, it does frustrate me that the Cowboys are right now sit with like the second best record in the league, and they'd be leading all other divisions. And I mean, no other team has a better record than the Cowboys than Philadelphia. And it's frustrating that to be like the second best, but then to have to go in a wild card weekend play a road game. And not only that, but then also have the least optimal path of opponents for the rest of the playoffs. So I think it just creates more mm-hmm. opportunities for for you to get beat because you know you're going to have to go through both San Francisco and Philadelphia if you're going to get through. And frankly, Detroit maybe. Yeah, but you yeah, know, there's there's three three teams that that are that are good and 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 all three of which pose some level of matchup challenge. Yeah, it makes me frustrated more about that Philly game, you know, and I know we talked about this before, and it was a game they expected to to lose, uh, or were expected to lose. However, they just shouldn't have. They should have won it. I think they, I mean, the chance, it was right there for the taking. And I think, honestly, if they would win that game, it would we would just have such an incre- such a different feel about not only would the Cowboys, record-wise, be the number one team in the league, they would have the tiebreaker over Philly and be in strong control of things. Um, but I mean, everybody would be talking about this is the team to beat. Now look at the way Prescott's playing. They got defensive MVP guys over here. And then, it, you know, and it would just, I think it, but that is how we're talking about them. That's exactly what I was just <laughs> well, saying. And I'm not alone in that. Everybody's talking about, about Deron Bland as defensive player of the year. Everybody's talking about Dak as MVP candidate. I mean, they're all talking about the offensive line. They're talking about the, 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 the Cowboys have the, you know, the best defensive line in the league. I mean, that's how they're that, that's how they're being narrated. Well, narrated. well, you're right. And that, well, that's the thing is that that uh, not being able to get those final six yards shouldn't have any bearing as far as changing how good this team is. And they 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 are still the team that you just talked about and how you feel like you're the best team in there. But I think that if you are genuinely the best team, then you need to beat the best teams at those moments. Uh-huh. And I think that's the thing that's really um, holding this team back is they haven't been able to, people will talk about the Cowboys that, you know, they're beating up on teams with losing records and stuff. And while, you know, we, there's some stuff there. I mean, that we don't, that's true. They yeah, are. Yeah, there, it's, there, there's some merit to that, but I mean, the Cowboys need to beat these tougher teams. And the, the bad thing about it is I just feel like we're on a crash course headed for that, very difficult playoff route, which the Cowboys may end up being the best team in the league, but that doesn't mean you survive the gauntlet. That is the playoffs, and uh, and they they they're here because of that reason, because they cannot get those wins, and that part to me is what worries yeah. me. No, I, I I I'm frustrated too, and I'm I'm frustrated by the 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 Eagles game. Sure, I'm mostly frustrated by the fact that the Eagles continue to win, even though they're by almost every metric. You know, barely a barely more than like a you know five hundred. No, they're better than a five hundred team, but they're not. I hear know, what you're a, saying. A, yeah. a nine and one, nine and one team. Um, I think that I think that you're right though, because the the playoffs are a luck driven tournament between roughly equal teams, and so you want to you want as much luck as possible, and and so. Um, yeah, you know, they're they're gonna need they're gonna need to have. I think if they're gonna do it, they're either gonna have they're either gonna demonstrate that they are by far the best team in the league, or they're gonna have to get lucky. Yeah. Well, 
There's still some time left, and the, the still some Eagles time. have a tough stretch still. And hopefully, I mean, it's got to get done in the next couple of weeks too, because they got the you know the Cowboys have a tougher stretch at the end of the season too. So I would like to go. It would be nice to actually go into that final stretch with a little with with the lead or with the and that's that's going to be a tough ask to to get to that point. But nonetheless, um, Cowboys did a great job on Thanksgiving, and they are sitting strong right now. And it definitely, you know, has to make us feel pretty good about this football team. But that is all we have for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Login Voice Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, iTunes, or Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topics, some things that you really enjoyed in the game, you know, you can uh, let us know. Hit, you can hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Danny Phantom 24 And don't forget. And I'm are you, not yeah, on Twitter. I was going to say, what? <laughs> uh, don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the world's team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check that out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true. This is Silver and Blue. And we will catch you Last dismissed. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this show comes from Vanta. Dealing with loads of spreadsheets, juggling different tools, and having to do manual security checks, it can be a headache to keep up with today's compliance and security programs. Vanta is the trust management platform that wants to simplify things and bring all your trust-building efforts under one roof, making growth smoother for your whole organization. Vanta lets you automate up to 90% of compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, HIPAA, and more. Strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk. Get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox. That's V-A-N-T-A dot com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta.